The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brett Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. And this week, it's everything chocolate. Chocolate from Peru, chocolate from Costa Rica, learning to make chocolate in Hawaii, and getting kicked out of your apartment because of chocolate. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with John Myers. Good morning, Brian, everybody. And so we got Sam Katuri in the house, Bart Hansen, and we've got uh, a slew of winemakers um, on deck right now. We've got Ann Charlotte, one of our favorite guests here, um, talking to us from her castle in the Chateauneuf. <laughs> um, our, our princess. You make it sound so simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a very, it, it literally is a, uh, a beautiful property. Uh, you've got Melanie Harding from Bonish, one of our friends of the podcast. Uh, Dusty Nabor, um, 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 one of our podcast listeners as well. You've got uh, Elise Perry, who's a winemaker at uh, Bokish. So we just thought it would be fun. You know, we had this idea last week to bring some winemakers on from different regions and kind of talk about, you know, what's going on for you guys, because we just know what's been going on for us here in Sonoma and haven't really... You know, we've been cooped up and haven't had a lot of contact with people in different wine regions. So we thought it would be interesting just to see what challenges you guys were facing and what was going on with your sales and, and your vines and all of that stuff. So um, I don't know. Can we start with um, Elise, um, who's got stuff going down in, in Lodi, and, and maybe just give us a little rundown of what's been going on with you guys over the past month and a half? Sure. Um, well... I think like everybody else, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a crazy time and a time for us to to kind of pivot in our business. Um, I think we're going into five weeks now that we've been, uh, the governor had us sheltering in place or at least our tasting room has been closed for five weeks. And then a couple of days later, um, we were told to shelter in place, but we are considered an essential business. Um, so pretty immediately after the tasting room had to close, which was a Sunday afternoon, um, Bocash Vineyards, like many wineries in Lodi, quickly uh, turned to uh, focusing on online sales and doing curbside pickups. So we're doing contactless curbside pickups, which has actually been really successful. I was surprised. I thought the first two weeks, you know, we would be really busy because people in their hoarding mentality have been stocking up on, on things. And of course, during difficult times, people always continue to drink. And it looks like they're drinking even more wine, which is great for us. Um, but we've actually seen a steady business uh, with our, our, our pickups. And we've got our wine club release coming up in two weeks, um, which we weren't sure we were going to move forward with, but we decided we are. Uh, we've got wine club members who are really anxious to get their, their, their new wines. Um, so uh, it, it's been interesting. We've, we've been doing a lot of strategizing. We've we've decided to hold off on some, some bottlings this year because a little more than 50% of our sales uh, were through distribution and that has completely dropped off because it was mostly on premise. So we've had to, to move away from that and we're not bottling as much as we were going to. Um, so kind of figuring out those things, which, you know, it's, it's one thing to not bottle, but then I now have barrels sitting in my barrel room that should should be empty over the next few months. And so the logistics of fitting everything in from 2020, the 2020 harvest coming in and where that's gonna go. So it's, it's, it's been really interesting. It's, it's kind of a chess game right now. Do well, you, you guys, sorry, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, what, do you have a plan for that? Cause we're actually, we're, we're bottling tomorrow and we've decided to just bottle everything. Do you have a plan for the juice that you're, that you're not bottling? Are you gonna, bottle it later or are you gonna put it in yeah the so I, I think for us um 
So we're, we're going to bottle it, uh, what we would have bottled actually uh, this coming Friday, uh, we are going to bottle in January or February of next year. Our wines tend to age really, really well in barrel. You know, we, we do mostly Spanish varietal wines. So our Tempranillo, our Graciana, our Grenache, they age really well. Um, so what we're going to do is just we have enough in our inventory of case goods to re-release our 2017 vintage to our wine club. Um, and then we'll bottle the 2018s in um, January, February of next year, and then move forward from there. So it's actually worked out, it's, it's worked out pretty well for us, other than the, the logistics of, you know, space issues. Elise, how, how big a winery is, um, is Bokish Winery? So um, Bokish Vineyards, we, we make, a, we're at about 5,000 cases, but we also do custom crush here. So we've got, um, we're about 53% custom crush, 47% Bokish. So there's that balance of, you know, what clients are going to be doing this year as well. So we're, you know, it's, the, it's figuring out how we're going to bottle because, you know, we just, we actually just canned last week for our clients and we were able to social distance when we were canning bottling is a little bit more difficult so that whole dance of figuring out what we're going to do right. um but we're moving forward with it and and it's going to slow down the line but we, we just we have to do it right. so yeah. well at least because you guys you guys actually sell fruit as well right we do we do so marcus bokish my boss is um he's a vineyard manager um we he grows right now about he manages about 1500 acres of wine grapes and everything from Chardonnay and Cabernet to Toraldigo, Tanat, Tempranillo. Uh, and a lot of that goes to some of the bigger wineries uh, like Gallo, Constellation, but um, quite a bit of it goes to the, some of the smaller boutique wineries. We sell to Turley, um, you know, we're selling to Tegan Pasolacqua, we're selling to uh, Nyers. So um, it's a pretty broad spectrum of, of who we sell to. And have you had any people that have said that they're not gonna take fruit this year? You know, it's really interesting because last year, I think as everybody knows, was was such a, you know, was not a great year for, for grape growers. There were there was a lot of fruit that was unsold uh, just because of the the amount of wine that was in the market. Um, you know, 20, 2018 was a really, it was the biggest year um, on record for grape yields in California. And so there was a lot of fruit that was still out there last year. So we were coming into this year basically thinking that that was going to be the same case. And right now we're actually doing pretty well with grape sales. Um, I think that some of the bigger wineries, um, like Gallo, Treasury, those guys, if you're at in the lower price, um, price range, they're selling a ton of wine. And I have friends who are winemakers for some of the bigger wineries who are saying, we can't keep up with bottling right now. We can't keep up with, you know, all the demand. So, so we might be in a pretty pretty good position. I, as far as my custom crush clients, I actually only have one client who is pulling back on the amount of fruit that they're bringing in, and that's because they have too many reds, and that is happening even before COVID. It's so. interesting. I recently drove through Carneros, and there's some large tracts of land in Carneros that have not been pruned yet. Um, Haven't been pruned yet. Well, you have to figure maybe they're being pulled out. They're, yeah. Um, so. Hmm. It's interesting. Wow. But you, but you think at least that people are drinking a lot more of the like ten dollar white wines right now, and that why is that I why? Yeah. Like, I think between ten and twenty dollars. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that that's why we've seen a pretty good, um, honestly, an uptick in our sales uh, because our our wines are are pretty well placed. Our our white wines are typically twenty two dollars a bottle. Our rosé yeah. is twenty. Um, that seems to be the sweet spot, I think, right now. Uh, for people yeah yeah i get a lot of my bokish wine at um, bottle barn in santa oh uh, yeah <laughs> and i and it's great it's it's competitively priced for everyday drinking right yeah, yeah. yeah. thank god <laughs> <laughs> all right well Anne charlotte can we can we talk to you a little bit about what's going on in france so first, things are a little bit different in France than they are in the U.S. because France is one country. In the U.S., you have these all the states and you have different laws uh, in every state. So some states are more quarantined than other states. 
just think about Florida. Florida is already almost open now. So in France, we are quarantined. That means that we need a pass if we want to go out of the house, even if we need to go to the winery, uh, if we are pulled away, pulled aside, or do you say that with um, so if police stop us, we have to show us our pass. We need this pass to go to the grocery. Uh, we are supposed to go to the grocery store as little as possible. Kids are at home, so they online, they do online uh, school. Right now it's the holiday, it's the spring holiday for two weeks. It's the, yes, for two weeks, so, which is fantastic. They've been working a lot. <laughs> and we are not allowed to, um, yeah, we, we really are not allowed to go out. So we can go at the winery to work in the vineyard, we are not allowed to have visitors. Um, we, so my assistant is working at home as well, home working. I was supposed to be in the US right now, so I'm stuck at home as well. So my job, as I travel, um, I travel quite a lot, so I haven't been in a plane for the last two months, which is a little bit too long for me right now. <laughs> I know we were actually supposed to see you April 23rd, 24th for the Hospice de Rhone. Yeah, I did not think about that because it makes me so sad. Anyway, so yeah. life is a little bit uh, complicated right now. In terms of business, it's also a bit strange because all the distributing channels are affected by this, uh, this disease and the decision that every country took to avoid the spread out of the disease. So if you export your wine, nobody will buy it anymore right now because all the countries are under strict quarantine. So uh, I had some pallets that uh, left the, uh, the winery a week ago to go to the US, but the order has been made before the quarantine. Uh, but right now I don't have any new orders. So no, usually if you think about, if you export your wine, you always have one country or one re region which works. It was tough with the tariffs. So at the end of the year, it was tough with the tariffs in the US and not easy in Asia because of the coronavirus. But it was still great in Europe. And now all the countries are affected by that. So right now in Asia, it's like the, the market is dead. So wow. China is supposed China is supposed to come back right now, but the coming back is extremely slow. And people they have stock to sell before they reorder. So I think I will have to wait another two months to see another um, a new order to asia so the us right now okay uh, it's like the market is crazy dead for us i mean you sell a lot of wine to your private customer but in the us nobody will buy my wine right now from france they don't want to take the risk um, and the okay europe is closed as well and all the restaurants are closed in France. They were not really able to do a curbside service, not wow. really able to deliver neither because people are afraid by the delivery guys. And so all my distributing channel have been closed for a month now. So we also sell wine through uh, some uh, fairs like wine fair where people come and taste and buy the wine. They have been canceled. So which is a huge portion of my business. So right now, what do I have? Some, some small orders from country that just came out of quarantine, like Austria, Poland. So countries like that, which start ordering a little bit more. 
uh, but that's almost it. And Charlotte, in general, how many, how much wine do you sell direct to consumer, or what we call direct to consumer? So it's something like half of my production. I usually sell my wine direct to consumer, but the people they don't come to La Fond du Loup. La Fond du Loup is like in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we are far away from uh, Chateau Neuf du Parc, even far away from Courtaison. So people, if they want to come and see us, they have to have an appointment. Or if they come by themselves, it's because they are lost. So it has never been the a way that we developed to sell our wines. So we... Um, participated to quite a lot of wine fairs and also we decided that uh, we could sell uh, wine by we have a big big network of uh, people who have money and buy the wines we go and see them and they place orders and we do stuff like that so right now it's a little bit um, desperating uh, but we are strong and um, there, there's another point which was important. We had two very, very small vintages in 17 and 18. So we don't have a lot of wine in our cellar. Mm. So right now I'm sold out with my 17 vintage. So I, uh, I had to bottle the 18 a little bit earlier than usual just to have something to sell. So sometimes I think that maybe to have this break in the middle is maybe not a bad situation because I will have wine longer to sell. But uh, I know that what is sold is sold. And yeah. <laughs> you don't need to think about it. Uh, I don't know what we are going to do. I hope it will be okay. I don't want to think a lot about it, but for sure, uh, Money-wise, it is going to be super, super, super difficult. And is the government helping you guys out at all? Uh, I would say yes. We are quite lucky in France because we are able to. Um, so we can. Okay, people who don't work, so we can ask our people to stay home and the government will pay a big part of the salary. Mm -hmm. We also had some loans at a great rate, but it's another loan that we will have to reimburse at some point. And all the taxes have been old for some times, but at some points we will have to pay them again. Yeah. And I don't want to think about the months where I will have to pay two uh, times what I usually pay. Yeah. So we don't know, and French government is always super, uh, how could I say, they do that very well. They give you something, so, and they say, oh yes, you have the right to have it, you use it, and they say, ah, oh, finally, you didn't have the right to have it, so please give it back to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, welcome to France. So yeah. I, I would say... <laughs> They are super scared to see our economy collapsed. So they, the government will do whatever it can to help us. And this is why I'm not, I'm nervous, but not extra nervous. Yeah. But if it doesn't stop in the next two months, it is going to be like really, really, really crazy. And what are you, like our, our government's talking about, you know, starting to open up different states. What is it like in France? Are, is your government talking about in the next month or two months or? So the kids are supposed to start going back to school on May the 11th. Mm -hmm. huh. So we are going to be less quarantined on May the 11th. But my kids, so my oldest daughter, she is going to university. She won't go to university until the next year. Mm -hmm not next year, but until uh, September. Right. And my kids are going back to school the week of May the 25th, not before that. They 
talk about opening the restaurant with social distancing and everything mid-June. But we know that it won't be the same for months and months. Yeah. And how is everything looking in the fields right now? Everything is looking great. I mean, the nature is super happy because there's <laughs> birds everywhere. Uh, uh, so we live in the countryside, so I see birds everywhere and rabbits and everything. So, uh, but it's quite strange. We had some uh, um, pheasant, you know, the 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 bird, yeah. the pheasant. Yeah. plenty of them that's super nice and the fields are great i mean we had a little bit of rain those past two days which was fantastic because it was dry uh, it seems to be a little bit on the early side like maybe 10 days earlier than last year but everything looks perfect right now and we have time to be in the vineyard so we have plenty of time to to work yeah. The other thing which is uh, going to be a problem is to find um, the workers. Right. At some point, it will be an issue. It's right. already yeah. an issue in France. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard already, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, uh, 2019, the wine is spectacular really 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 spectacular so we have a good uh, fantastic quality wine in our cellars the other point which is a little bit different i guess uh, from chateauneuf uh, to california is you know we also work with what we call negociant negotiant big companies they buy grapes or juice from us not from all of us, but from uh, from us, and they um, there's a market price, and so the market price the the it's not a, it's a bar it's so for the oil for the gas it's a barrel barrel, and for us it will be uh, in place like a, a barrel a two hundred and twenty five liters uh, barrel. So the past two years, because the, the quantity was so small, the price was quite high, which is great. It's maintained uh, market price and nobody complain when they see a Chateauneuf du Pape at, let's say, retail price around like 60 or 80 dollars. Nobody will complain. But now, people are super scared to not get any money. So we saw the price of the negotiation going to decrease and this is going to be a big issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Melanie, we haven't kind of touched base with you. It's been, I think it's, is this two years now? Is this your third harvest? Uh, my, this will be my second. Second so. harvest. Okay. Yeah. So this was probably a, something you probably didn't think about when getting into the wine business. No, no. You know, we just, <laughs> we just finished our, our one year anniversary of owning the place last year. And this was never a thought that, um, you know, that we'd be trying to deal with the pandemic while also starting a business and running a business. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty interesting here. Um, you know, Obviously, they shut our tasting rooms down just like everybody else's. Um, and we're by appointment only. So for us, that wasn't such a huge uh, drastic change. Um, but uh, the monthly events that we have with our industry here in Paso Robles, um, those, you know, have all been canceled. They've pushed a lot of the Paso Robles events back um, till August. And those, those were our, you know, our good weekends. Those are our big weekends where we could have people come in without an appointment. And so that's, those have, yeah. um, not having those has been a little bit of a struggle. So, um, yeah, you do. How much, what's your percentage of um, direct or wine club? And then what percentage do you actually sell to restaurants? I sell none to restaurants right now. It's all direct to consumer. So, wow. So you're yeah. in a unique position right now. 
Yes. Yeah. It was my goal. Um, you know, and I'm working on a, a couple different restaurants here in town, but right. It's all, it's all direct to consumer. So that has, you know, made this even more challenging. So what more challenging? I, well, and maybe, maybe I don't see it the other way, but with the tasting rooms being closed, I can still, I, I do appreciate that the um, ABC has lifted a lot of the, or what, how did they say it? They're not going to be enforcing a lot of the normal laws. So we can do drop off delivery at people's porches and, you know, have people come pick up from here, um, you know, anytime. So, um, but it still is challenging because we're small and it's just getting so you're not able to attract yeah you're not able to attract new customers because you don't have people coming to visit you right so you just you're trying to sell more wine to the people that already know who you are yes which uh i mean our wine club is uh, is processing this month, and our wine club has been super supportive. Of course, we've we've been trying to uh, be very flexible with folks. We have quite a few folks in our wine club who were laid off, and you know, so we've either put their memberships on hold or or canceled. And you know, I mean, of course, they're always welcome to come back, but you know, it's hard when you know the people who are supporting you are also now out of work. So right. um, we've had some other wine clubs step up. Um, I've had some incredible, incredible uh, members of my wine club call and place double the order just because their income hasn't changed and they want to make sure that we make it through this. So, so that's been huge. And how are they doing over at Tackett family? They're doing pretty good. So their, um, their free shipping deal has, uh, has gotten a lot of interest and, and they have, they have a good support. So, um, for all of us out here, we're just spending a lot more time in the vineyard um, because we have the time to do it. So uh, we, you know, we're uh, obviously we've gotten to bud break. We're fixing all the things that, you know, have been on the list for a while. Um, I was able to do some soil amendments finally uh, this week. So, you know, a lot of other stuff is getting done. Of course, it's all money too, but um, but I'm, yeah. hope- I, I'm hopeful that, um, between wine club and some of the online uh, sales that we've been able to do, we'll make it through the next few months. Um, we just we have to be a little more conservative, conservative and conscious of uh, of what we're spending, um, a little more than normal. Well, I was curious about because you still have a lot of friends that are in the military, and I don't. Yes. That's something we haven't really heard about on the news or or talked about with people is what they're doing, like if they're on base or if they're. Um, if they're in other parts of the world, like what is their life like? Yeah, and actually a lot of my friends are either deployed or mobilized. In fact, my former roommate um, is in New York right now on the USNS uh, Comfort. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have her dogs here because uh, she didn't know how long she was gonna be gone and when she'll come back. So um, it's a pretty pretty stressful time for all of the military. They, you're either on stop order, so you can't travel. So I have a lot of friends who are stuck where they were because they can't um, uh, move back to their next duty station um, because you know we're in a uh, stop travel um, hold. But a lot more of them are all getting activated um, in response to this. So fortunately, I haven't been tasked with that yet. So, um, but I have I have some family standing by just in case that does happen. Well, wow, so that's a possibility. Yes. <laughs> Which would only make this way more challenging, but. What did, um, what did you tell me it was that you were told to pack your sea bag? Yes, yeah. yes. I was told to have it ready just in case, so, yep. So, yes, yeah, so I spent a day teaching, you know, my, my family how to pack orders and turn on the water in the uh, field just in case I don't, in case I'm not here to do it myself. <laughs> the two things that can't stop, right? You got to water the vines and you yes. got to ship the wine. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything else you can figure out, but you got to, you got to keep those, got to keep that flowing. That's funny. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and Dusty, I saw a post last week, I think from you that where you had found some rosé in your cellar, right? That you. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, yeah, it. We had sold out of it, and um, I always treat like Melanie. You know, uh, I don't have a tasting room. But, uh, unlike Melanie, I, I don't have a tasting room. But we do a lot of our marketing through wine festivals. So when I sell out of a wine, I actually keep some back 
um, in order to be able to take it to the festival and even and to be able to pour for people. Uh, so with all the festivals going down in flames, um, I stumbled upon uh, four cases of rosé that I had kept back um, to, in order to, you know, I think most of it was actually for Hospice de Rome this weekend. Because I was going to pour, we have a Grenache rosé and I was going to pour and it's one of the one of the wines that we make that fit in with the, the whole Rome theme. So um, when I stumble across them, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to blow these out and get rid of them because don't, there's no reason to hold on to them anymore. We're going to bottle our new rosé at the end of May, hopefully. And, um, and then just move on from there. Yeah. How much rosé do you guys actually make every year? Uh, not, not a whole lot. We make, uh, I get, we do a little bit of Signet Rosé, but in the last couple of years, I've actually uh, picked a little early and did, done a direct press Grenache Rosé. So we did a Grenache Rosé and a Pinot Rosé last year in that manner. And I think we made about 50 cases of each. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I, I, I brought in one ton of each, you know, a little bit early uh, for the express purpose of making Rosé. Um, so those usually, it'll get about, you know, halfway through summer uh, before we run really low on that. Well, and hey, Dusty, everybody else, at least, you know, um, has been on the show before or their winery has been. Will you just kind of give us a, a quick overview of, of what your operation is like, the name and, and kind of what you make and, and where you're operating out of as well? Sure. So um, I operate three different labels under uh, one winery, which is Dusty Nabor Wines, Volt 2 Wines, and NSO by Dusty Nabor. Um, Volt 2 is more of a negotiant uh, model, and Dusty Nabor Wines and NSO Wines, I make all those wines. Uh, but Volt 2 has quite a bit of uh, bulk wine uh, in there. We are located in Camarillo, California, which is right in the middle of um, Ventura County. I'm about an hour or so south of San Ynez, Buellton, Santa Rita Hills, Ballard Canyon, where we source a lot of our fruit from. And I'm about, you know, two and a half, three hours south of um, Paso Robles, where we get our Cabernet Sauvignon from. So out of the Santa Barbara County wines, we do Pinot Noir, Syrah, Grenache, Viognier, uh, like I mentioned, the rosés, and we're going to start doing a Happy Canyon Cabernet. Um, we're going to be bottling our first one at the end of May. So we started that program in 2018. Um, we do about anywhere between 500 to 1,000 cases a year. It kind of depends um, with the Bolt 2 program, what wines we're able to procure for that. Uh, but the Dusty Nabor brand does... Well, right around 500 cases, and then whatever Bolt 2 does it kind of adds on to that. Yeah, and I noticed you had some Ballard Canyon fruit, which I'm a big Stoltman fan. So, yeah, so we get our, our uh, Syrah from Kimsey Vineyard, which is on the absolute other side of Ballard Canyon down by Buellton. Um, and then we get our Viognier from the vineyard right next door from Jorian Hill. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Elise, I was wondering where where you guys are. You growing pick pool on property? We are. So okay. we grafted over. So we've got um, a couple acres of Viognier here at the Terra Alta Vineyard, where our winery is located. Um, and back in 2016, uh, Marcus said to me, "You know, the Viognier grapes aren't selling really well. I want to graft over another white variety. What would you like to do?" And I immediately said pick pool because it's it's one of my favorite varieties we've got a winery here in Lodi called Acquiex that is making it and growing it and it's fantastic so we got cuttings from um the old uh, Stephen O vineyard that is now owned by Matthew Lorick down in, in Murphy's um and we grafted over uh, about 10 rows of vines so it was about an acre or so, uh, and then it just took off. When people found out that we had it, um, they wanted it. So we, we grafted <laughs> it on the floor. So we started um, just using it as a blender um, and just making a little bit of it for ourselves. But uh, 2019 was our first vintage that we bottled Pick Cool as a standalone variety under our T-Zona by Bokish label, and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, it grows really, really well. I've now realized that the ulterior motive to this entire 
recording this so that Brian can get some pick pull. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it, you know, it took us what, uh, you know, you, you managed to hold out about a half an hour before you brought up the pick pull, Brian. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm proud well, of you. Well, any opportunity to get some white Chateau Neuf in my hands too. So <laughs> there you go. That that was the next thing is white And Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any any free shipping deals, I'm happy to take advantage of. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, I I, um, I send a lot of wine for Hospice du Rhone, so they should have quite a lot of wine from me somewhere. Oh, is it all at is it all at Vicky's house? I'm not sure that it has Vicky's house. I think it's already in Paso Robles somewhere. Wow, I wonder. So that's interesting. So a lot of people, a lot of people, ship yeah. their wine ahead of time, yeah. so it's sitting maybe somewhere at the fairgrounds. Brian, you need to, you need a day trip. We we need to protect that wine. Yeah. <laughs> you need to taste it to see if it's good enough for yes. next year. I mean, yes. it's very warm in Paso Robles. So it would probably be better stored in Sonoma where it's cool by the bay and everything. That would Hey, you got to spread it out a little bit. I, I'm sure that uh, Dusty's got some, you know, Bayside, uh, you know, Camarillo fog down there that keeps some stuff cool too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think, you know, seriously though, there was a lot of people who shipped their wine to Hospice de Rhone before, before they yeah, pulled the plug I on 2020. My wine uh, end of, uh, I think it was end of February. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the deadline was, it had to be there. Unless you were bringing it on your own, the deadline was yeah, right there, end of February, beginning of March, if I recall. Oh, it was uh, something like late March or something like that. But I wanted my wine to, you know, settle a little bit and adapt itself to the jet lag, blah, blah, blah. And I also sent some magnums for the auction lot. And mm. unfortunately, I don't know if the magnums were stolen or something like that they never arrived to the u.s no way so they gave me back three magnums on the six that i sent so next year i will have to send more magnums but i was super sad because i was able to find a magnum of uh, 2010 and a magnum of 07 which i was super happy that i found them so I'm going to have to dig in my cellar a little bit more deeper next year to send some more. Yeah. You know, yes. one, one, Brian, sorry. Um, uh, Melanie, Elise, and Dusty, if you guys could all take turns. If you have anything that you want to announce as far as um, some sort of uh, shipping specials or whatever you're doing trying to sell some wine here, give you guys the opportunity to all kind of talk about that. Well, also. Yeah, and give the give the web address so that people while they're listening can actually be going to the web address and, and buying some wine. So yeah, you wanna start, let's start with Melanie. Sure, thanks. Um, so yeah, we're Boniche sellers. Our website is um, boniche.com and that's B-O-N-N-I-C-H-E.com. Uh, right now we have, um, we just did a bunch of specials for Wine for Paws last weekend, which is a big event here in town that we all had to do virtually. Um, but we'll be rolling out some new specials soon. I also have a fun one on there that I haven't gotten as much um, sales in it as I thought, but I put together a blind wine tasting set. So I send three of my wines bagged to you with five cards and kind of a, a go by of how to do a blind wine tasting. So cool. two people could do a blind wine tasting in their own house. Um, but I've sold a few of those. I just got some more bags back in stock. So, um, so I'll, Wait, I'll how do you do that, Mel? Do you literally tape them around the bottle? Yeah, they're little, they're little bags with a string. And so I put three, three wines in them. So they're all packed the same. And then I put five tasting of my five, five, wine tasting cards in there and then I send a little um I, I got it from wine folly but the blind uh, tasting uh, guide so people can open a bottle and pick which of the five they think it is so it's just something fun they can do in their own house um I uh is that something that 
Is that something that people can um, like book to do with you virtually over Zoom or have you done any of that yet? I haven't, but I had so much fun um, at last week's Zoom with you and Bart um, that I've been looking at doing something like that. So yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. I would love to do something like that. So I just wasn't sure how that well that would be received. But yeah, if, if you order a blind wine tasting set, then we'll set up a time and I can Zoom you through it. So. I, I think, Melly, you just gotta do, you gotta just do it and you'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, Sam? thank you. Yeah. Well, and for my wine club, we're doing a virtual uh, Zoom uh, party because I couldn't do a wine club pickup party here. So I'm hoping to do one on uh, Zoom next month also, so. So you're actually not having people, even if people live locally, they're not coming by wine club members to pick up their wines? So they can, they can do curbside pickup. I also am offering delivery. So if they're in the Paso Robles area, then I'll drop it off on their porch. So, um, and then uh, I have a lot of wine club who are also shipping we're doing flat rate shipping in California for 10 bucks. So um, however much they, um, if they would just want to do it that way, we can, we can get them their wine that way. Okay. And Elise, uh, why don't you give people some some info and and maybe what wines you have available right now? Yeah, so um, so our website is uh, bokishvineyards.com. It's B-O-K-I-S-C-H vineyards with an S dot com. So we're offering online. Um, we've got one cent shipping um, because wow. we're. we're we're required, we can't do free shipping, except the, uh, with all the relaxation of rules now, we are allowed to do free shipping, but I think we're still sticking with the one cent. Um, so we're doing one cent shipping. Uh, shipping included. Right, shipping <laughs> included. Um, and we, we've done two uh, virtual, well, the first, we did a virtual tour and tasting a couple weeks ago where I was in the barrel room, Marcus was out in the vineyard, and Liz Bokish was in her kitchen uh, cooking up a recipe. Wow. Uh, and then last Friday, Marcus and Liz were in the kitchen cooking up a recipe, and I was home, and we were talking about our newly released uh, 2019 Granacha Blanca. So we're just releasing our 2019 whites that we bottled in January. Uh, so we've got our new Rosado, our Granacha Blanca, Verdejo, uh, two Albarinos. We actually make three Albarinos because we're overachievers. Um, Albarinos <laughs> from three different vineyards and three actually pretty different expressions of, of the grape. Um, and it's really based on terroir. Um, so we're releasing our Terra Alta Vineyard Albarino, which is pretty much our flagship. It's 1,100 cases. And our Andros Island Albarino, which is um, from a vineyard that's uh, a little bit further west from Lodi in the Sacramento River Delta. Um, so we're, just, we're, you know, we're trying to, to do some tasting. We're doing a, a a tasting with a winemaker in a couple weeks on May 15th. Um, so we'll be doing that. And, uh, you know, we're just going to, we're going to keep releasing some, some new wines to keep people interested and, um, you know, keep people happy. <laughs> and how does that work with the, with the Kirschman vineyard? Do, are, are you guys selling fruit to Tegan or are you buying fruit from him? So um, Tegan owns the Kirschman vineyard. Um, we actually have not made a, a Zinfandel from the Kirschman Vineyard since 2015. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so Marcus helped Tegan purchase, well, he, he basically was the person that helped the, the, the sale of that vineyard go forward with Tegan. Um, I think literally they, they signed the deal at Marcus's uh, dinner table. Um, so we bought, we bought Zinfandel from him for a couple of years, but then Marcus was, took over farming of another uh, old vines in vineyard that's not too far from our our winery um, called the Seas Vineyard, and it, a little bit of a different um, style, so much more um, bright red fruit, more pomegranate, um, and we just really we the Kirschman is beautiful, but we just felt like this was something that we wanted to to bottle for a couple of years. We actually have not bottled Zinfandel since 2016 um, because wow. people people don't come to us for Zinfandel. Um, you know, we're known for our Spanish varieties. Um, we do have quite a few people who are sad that we're not making Zinfandel. And it's not, we, we will make Zinfandel again, but it's just not going to be every year. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like, um, you, uh, Bart, I remember when we went and saw Mick Unti in Dry Creek, and he was doing all those different white varietals in Dry Creek. And, you know, most people like to go there for Zinfandel. But, um, I mean, it was great great spot for these really racy white wines. 
Well, Dusty, what have, uh, what have you still got available on your website, if anything? Uh, okay, like I mentioned before, we have three different labels. Um, Dusty Neighbor Wines is the main label, and that's at DustyNeighborWines.com, D-U-S-T-Y-N-A-B-O-R-W-I-N-E-S.com. We have four wines available on there, our 17 uh, Ballard Canyon Syrah, um, our 18 Grenache, 18 Pinot Noir, and uh, 18 Viognier. I was able to get four cases back from our distributor that had nothing going on. So I've got four cases of that. Uh, we kind of, it was sold out before and we reopened it up. Um, on the other two labels, we have boltu.com, which is B-O-L-T-T-O. Uh, that's Karen Langer is my girlfriend and my partner. Um, that's her label. Um, I handle most of the winemaking stuff and, and getting those wines ready for bottling. As I mentioned, it's more of a negotiate label. Um, but her sister draws, hand draws all of the labels on the bottles and she kind of comes up with all the uh, creative side of it and markets it and sells it. Um, yeah, you guys have some cool labels. Yeah, the, the, she's really done a good job. You know, Karin is, um, the, the, the meaning behind the, the, the name Bolt 2, it's actually, um, she loves critters and small rabbits and, and sea otters mostly, but uh, she really, really likes rabbits. And when you startle a wild rabbit, it has a, a predetermined Bolt 2 location that it runs to. And that's where the, the huh. name comes Very from. Cool. Um, Very we're cool. We were going to call it Sidekick, but as you guys have pontificated on many, many times, anytime you have a term that is remotely in the in the common lexicon it's taken it, it there's no way you're going to be able to use it for wine so sidekick was unavailable obviously and uh so um we used the term bolt to and her sister draws all of the labels as most of them are critters um there's a nautilus and uh bunny rabbit and cougar things like that um but they're all one-offs you know they'll never be used again uh, we don't, uh, if we come out with the next year of the same variety, we don't use the same label. It'll be a one-off type wine. Um, well, what do you guys do with the NSO by Dusty Nabor? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just wondering what you did with the originals, the original work so of our, we like, get asked that. Yeah, we get asked that a lot. Um, and her sister is a really good artist, but never pursued art in a commercial way. And we actually brought her, Melanie has met her. She was actually at the Garagis Festival in Paso Robles. And uh, everybody was asking, how do we get the art? How do we get the originals? And she's like, I, I don't even know. I, I sent them to Karin and they took a picture of them on an iPhone and sent them to the label designer. And I mean, <laughs> we have them somewhere. They're in a FedEx envelope in the house, but we've never really thought about it, you know, until it came up where people were really interested in it. You know, I know a guy who's up in the upper left-hand corner here who takes artwork <laughs> and puts them on canvas for, for some people. That might be a yeah, cool absolutely. thing. absolutely. Who would that be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a cool he little add-on. Yeah, and he for probably sure. Puts the wine. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So then our last label is uh, NSO by Dusty Nabor, which stands for No Special Occasion. It's... Um, my attempt to get wines to people at a cheaper price. Uh, when we first started the, the label, um, we started to advertise that I was doing it and we weren't gonna do very much wine and people know that I don't fuck around and I do things right and it kind of took off. And um, all of my friends that weren't necessarily into wine were kind of didn't understand what was happening. They were like, I don't get it. Like, I have to sign up for a list and then I may or may not get the wine and I, they just didn't understand it at all. Um, so I'm like, I have to, these people want to support. So I have to come up with an idea of how to get our wines to everybody. And that was my NSO label. And um, so everything's under $20. It's all, you know, the hidden secret is it's all basically the same quality wine. It just comes in a little lighter packaging, uh, may not be aged quite as long, may not be a new French oak, but, uh, all really good stuff, and that's at nsowines.com. Wait, and what, and what varieties do you have under that label? So we had, uh, we do a Cabernet Sauvignon that I label red wine because for some dumb reason I didn't want it to compete with our high-end Cabernet Sauvignon, but I found out that it doesn't really, so we're going to start labeling it Cabernet Sauvignon, but we have that wine. And then we have a Grenache, uh, 2018 Grenache. Those two wines are still available. We sold out of the Rosé. 
and we sold out of the Chardonnay. Um, but I am bottling a Chardonnay and a Pinot Noir and a new Cabernet at the end of May. That'll go up, you know, uh, I don't know, right in the middle of June or something like that. It'll go up on the website. Okay. And go ahead, John. Do we have a new guest on the uh, podcast? Sam? Oh, it's, oh I can, we can hear Althea in the background uh, there. Is Althea well, talking in the all, background? It's all yeah. okay. It's really cute, Sam. Honestly, I, I don't <laughs> Melanie and I have been laughing about it. It's, so how's she doing? She's good. She, uh, you know, like I said earlier, she's, um, she's gone from crawling to walking in the, the time of quarantine and now, uh, you know, walks everywhere. Uh, has been walking all around the yard, walks to everything she can find in the house and takes it apart and strews it about uh, everywhere. So mostly <laughs> what we do around here in, in the time of Corona is, um, is clean up after her. You know, she goes to bed and then it's like a mad rush to clean the kitchen and pick up all the toys and then, uh, you know, go to bed so that she can wake up, wake us up again at five in the morning. Um, yeah. But was she speaking French, Sam? Uh, well, French is her first <laughs> language. We're, you know, we're we're planning on, you know, sending her either with the Gossiers or maybe to Chateau Fondeloup and, you know, put her to work as soon as yeah, we can and, and get a. <laughs> <laughs> she could be an, in, it'd be an intern for Anne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, you know, she's she's got uh, she has the hairstyle to compete with the French for sure. So oh, you know, yeah, she's, after she's, two months <laughs> without her dresser, can you see that? It's a nightmare. That's how she looks every morning. That's how she looks every morning. So um, actually, while we're talking to Anne uh, and Charlotte, I know that obviously you can't ship wine directly to people, and people who are listening right now can't order it. But from you, but I'm sure that there are places in the U.S that carrier wines and, you know, retailers yeah, that are, so yeah. So in California, I did this super, super uh, uh, private label with Sandra at The Girl and the Fig. It's a Côte d'Huron called Les Petits Secrets that is still available. It's a red, it's super good. Uh, if you are in California, you can have some wine at Wine Exchange. Uh, do you know this? Uh, it's a shop, I guess. It is uh, next to Los Angeles. There's a wine country as well. And the source import is my importer in California. Um, but other states, New York, they have my wine. They have my wine in Michigan. So I have, yes, in plenty of states. At, at a lot of the, at a lot of the good retail shops would have it, right, Anne Charlotte? Yes, and if you want to know exactly where, uh, depending on the region you are, just send me an email and I'll be happy to answer to that question and find a solution for you to get my wine on your table. And we were talking about Zoom tasting and stuff like that. I do uh, Zoom virtual tastings. I do seminar for... Uh, Yes, for um, sommeliers. So actually, I did. Uh, I don't know if you know this uh, Facebook group called the Wine Nerds United. <laughs> Guys, maybe you heard about that. No, I got it. Yeah, I know there. You've been there. I've so been there. I, I love did, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it too. It's super fun. So I did. Uh, when was that? Uh, it was a week ago or something like yeah. that. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did a, a seminar on Chateauneuf-du-Pape. It was super fun to do. And I tried to, to stay connected with my customers because all of my customers are around the world. A lot of them, actually. Uh, so it's a good, yeah, it's a good way to stay in touch with them. So next week, I know that I have a cheese and wine tasting with people from Maryland. So the idea is for people to buy a bottle, at least a bottle of fondulou and some cheese from the restaurant and they will all stay at their place and will taste the cheese and the wine. Uh, so it is going to be fun. I did one once at 5 a.m. one day because my customer wow. in Seattle, they have nine hour time difference. So it was 9 a.m. for me. I was wearing my PJs, <laughs> stuff like that, and my PJs. <laughs> well, and then, and people can also get a hold of. I don't know if you and Jeff Cohn still have some of your um, 
um, shout to enough collaboration that you guys did. If there's still I any available at the tasting room. Out, but uh, you can ask, you can still ask uh, Jeff at GC Sellers in Sonoma. Uh, what else? Oh, I have quite a lot of opportunity to, and I'll be on the virtual cheers on Saturday for the Hospice Run. Yes. Yeah, anyone that's uh, that's in here right now, if, if you guys haven't received an email or seen on Instagram, saw that. Um, yeah, the hospice to Rome, Vicky Carroll is putting something together on Saturday. So anyone that wants yeah. to join in, I think can join in. Um, we will talk for 15 minutes with Sandra and John from The Girl and the Fig. We are hosting a little something like that, uh, like talking about uh, wine pairing with some of their dish. So, nice. Ah, it's going to be fun. At least it's going to be a good way to see some of our friends. Yeah, and I just got an email from um, Donald Patz, who has been on the show before. Uh, from his, um, he's doing a flash sale today, um, and I'm sure if you want to reach out to him, even if you didn't get an email, if you want to get a hold of some of the, what I'm going to pick up is some of the um, white blend that he did with uh, Francois Viard. Um, they mm -hmm. do a, a really nice white blend uh, from Mer uh, Maritana is the name of the brand. So um, if any of you oh, like One thing I do want to mention, Brian, uh, I don't know when the when this podcast is going to come out, but Hospice de Rhone over uh, is having some of the producers are donating 10% of their sales over the weekend to the Hospice de Rhone because they're a nonprofit. And obviously they lost out quite a bit having to reschedule this uh, this whole the, the whole uh, seminars and uh, tastings. So um, Friday through Sunday, anything you buy from us, ten percent is going to go to them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. Thanks for mentioning that. The um, yeah. No. We're super bummed about not being there. And I know um, the last time I, I just remembered I have a dinner reservation for Saturday night at the Hatch. That <laughs> oh, I've got. I love that place. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Melissa. Maybe we need to make a road trip to get some takeout, Brian. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Yeah. That would be I awesome. Think usually it's on Wednesday night or on Thursday night that we are all together at Justin's uh, Smith cellar drinking. and. That would be tomorrow. That should be tomorrow night, oh, I think, that right? That should be I mean, tomorrow yeah. night. That should be tomorrow night. The best, that was, the best that party was... I've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring you. I was going to sneak Barton Bart and Brian in with me. Yeah. It was going to be our first Saxon party, but now um, we're going to have to wait till <laughs> wait till 2021. <laughs> All right, I, we, I we have some Saxon to party with. Usually it's on yeah. Wednesday night, and I think on Tuesday. No, it's yeah, I no Thursday. Think. It's always on Thursday because I'm. I remember. Friday morning when I'm actually up at seven o'clock and all the other psalms are supposed to come be opening wine. They all come in looking like they haven't slept, and they and they haven't. So I was yeah. planning on you know we're we're bottling our rones our our rones and our white wine tomorrow, uh, the twenty third, and I was planning on leaving the bottling as soon as the first case of Muchas Piedras came off the line and throwing it in the car and driving, you know, it'd have been like noon here and driving straight to Paso uh, to make it in time for, uh, for Justin's party. So yeah. yeah, plans for next year, you know? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Plans for next year. Plans for next year. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you all coming on. This was nice to be able to talk to you guys and, and uh, especially, you know, in different areas and, and just see what you guys are doing and, and the, um, um, and Charlotte, especially nice to talk to you. Always, always miss you, and hopefully um, get a chance to chat with you on Saturday, um, virtually again. A little bit sad, yeah. but uh, yeah. life is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah and you know, um, we, you know, one of us is going to have to drive down to Paso Robles and see where all this wine is at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got, who's got time? Uh, no, I mean, one thing it is—it's been great to have everybody on here, and it's difficult as this is for all of us to sell our wine and to get it out and, you know, the restaurants and everything being closed. It, you know, this would have never happened without all of this. The, the global wine community is maybe more connected and more united than ever between, between the tariffs, you know, the, that we all have kind of forgotten about, but are still there going on. And, and, and now this, um, you know, when we all make it through it, I think that uh, we'll all be better for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, right. Sam. All right. Well, if you guys uh, want to check out some of our past episodes, you can go to the winemakers 
radiomisfits.com slash the winemakers. Uh, big shout out to uh, Sondra Bernstein at The Girl in the Fig. I know she, um, we'll, we'll get some more recipes out of her for your next virtual wine tasting. And then also look forward to talking to her on Saturday. Um, oh, and a belated didn't, didn't happy she just birthday. Have a, yeah, a birthday. Oh, that's right. Um, my wife and Sandra have the same birthday. So um, that was yesterday. Yeah. And my wife said, this is what I want for my birthday. It was a coffee mug that said uh, COVID, COVID-19 2020, my birthday sucks or something. <laughs> She's not very happy about um, being stuck at home on her birthday. But all right, you guys, thanks for joining the show. We will look forward to talking to you next week.